Thanks for choosing to spend time in the studio with Michael Card. What you're about to hear in this podcast was recorded several years ago in Franklin, Tennessee. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed since this was first broadcast, the messages discussed in these conversations still ring true. Check out what's new with Michael's ministry when you visit michaelcard.com or connect via Facebook or Twitter when you search for Michael Card. And let us know your reaction to what you've discovered from this classic edition in the studio. This is In the Studio with Michael Card coming to you from Franklin, Tennessee. I'm Wayne Shepard sitting here with Michael and we have a full program, a full hour ahead of us, Mike. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> it's been a while since we saw each other. We're on the radio together every week, but I know, uh, we don't but get to see each other that often. Uh, months go by, a couple of months <laughs> go by and we won't see each other. Yeah, and people who come by the studio just enrich us. I mean, we've got Don Cole yep. and your own daughter, Katie, who's going to come by today. Yeah, and share their experiences uh, from Africa. And later, Sarah Groves. Yeah, one of my, uh, my one of my heroines in the music world. <laughs> now, I was uh, out of the country when Sarah stopped by recently, and so you'll have that conversation with Sarah, and yeah. she'll sing for us on the program. Yeah, I'm going. I'm actually pretending I'm Wayne Shepherd. I'm going to be interviewing her. <laughs> yeah, so. everything I've been able to teach you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, t- I spoke as low as I could, but other than that, I don't know. I did a very good job. <laughs> well, we enjoy your music here each week uh-huh. as well in the studio, and we're going to have you sing a song for us right now, and then we want to talk about the presence of Christ. Hmm. We'll do a little Bible study here together. How's that sound? Wonderful, wonderful. But right now, Michael's going to sing for us, and he's joined by Ken Lewis on percussion. The song is called Know You in the Now. Michael. Thank you, Ken, right here in the studio. Know you in the now. As long as I've known you, Michael Card, you've talked about uh, the presence of Christ. That yeah. comes up continually in it conversations. Does. Well, and no, no matter what issue uh, you approach in Scripture, some, somehow it always ends up coming back back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we talk about the incarnation, well, that's a matter of presence. We talk about um, um, you know, walking with Christ. We talk about discipleship. We talk about reaching out uh, to those who are lost, and inevitably the the conversation ends up talking about the presence. And it's a present tense presence. It has to He's be here now. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, that's that was I think what Paul revealed to us. Paul, who who knew Christ so intimately, um, never spoke of him except once historically in all Paul's letters. He he talks about the Lord's Supper. That's the only time he talks about Jesus. In, in the past tense, mm-hmm. uh, as it were, uh, most of the time when Paul is talking about Jesus, it's 
It's the present reality Isn't of that Jesus. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, take us to the scriptures and let's talk about this this idea of the presence of Christ. It's more than okay. an idea, of course. It's the reality. It's, you, it's the word that you yeah, use. Yeah. It's it's everything. Uh, well, it's it's all through the Old Testament, of course. I think that's most recently where I uh, crossed uh, paths with this uh, concept again, and it was through working with the lament literature. And um, most of the laments, whether they're uh, the laments of Job, uh, where you know Job will say. You know, don't hide your face from me. Where are you? Why have you abandoned me? See, the presence of God is, mm-hmm. is absent. Or whether it's David in Psalm 51, don't cast me from your presence. Uh, why do you hide your face in times of trouble? God has, Psalm 10, God has forgotten. He covers his face and he never sees. Uh, Psalm 88, 14, why, O Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? So um, one of the keys of understanding presence in the Old Testament is the the the, the person who laments has an experience of the absence of God, mm-hmm. and so they, they lament and they, they, they cry out. A sense of the absence of God. Yeah. Was he really absent? Well, that, that's, the, that's the issue. I mean, being God, he can't ever be absent. I mean, being omnipresent, uh, at least theologically, he can never be absent. But, but haven't but, we felt that way, too? But and if you're David, David in his disease laments in particular, he, uh, he laments the lack of God's presence. And it's interesting to me that he'll be, he'll be threatened by enemies, he'll be threatened by disease, uh, he'll be lamenting his sin, but what uh, inevitably he comes back to is God. Where are you? Hmm. And and so I think one of the most important things I learned, Wayne, from from sort of meditating on the presence of God, is it, it teaches us that what we ask for in prayer is almost never what we need. We ask for provision, you know. We ask to be healed, and that's that's legitimate because God tells us that we mm-hmm. should bring those requests to Him. Whatever you ask in my name. Yeah, and um. Cast your burdens on me. He heals all your diseases. You know the, the 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 promises are all there, but what we find out through the lament literature and and the life of Jesus is that the the real answer to all our prayers is God showing up. Mm-hmm. It's not the the check that comes at the last minute that keeps you from bankruptcy or the cancer cure or whatever. It's God Himself showing up. That's really the that's the miracle of the Book of Job is that Job in Job's experience God finally shows up there at the end of the book. And despite what we think we need, his presence is, is all we need. Is all we need, yeah. And and so with that as, a, as sort of the, 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 the foundation, now we turn, turn your mind to the New Testament and think in terms of incarnation. Hmm. I mean, all through the Old Testament, you know, where are you, God? God show up. You know, Job says, if only, you know, someone could stand between me and God and lay a hand on both of us, this advocate, this mediator, this person uh, who is called and prophesied of in, in the Old Testament in Isaiah, his name is Emmanuel. Our God is with, with us. us. So the, this promise of the presence of God literally comes true in the incarnation and God sh- shows up, hmm. you know, and... and um, Granted, it's an unexpected form. <laughs> well, it, it, it's always an if it's God showing up, it's always unexpected, right? You know, they think it's you know in the Old Testament they expect a hurricane, he's whispering. They expect one thing, you yeah. know, they expect yeah. a judge, he's yeah. you know he's the person who shows up. Then and they forgives. expect a king, and he comes as a baby. Um, yeah, so if it's unexpected, that's a good sign then that that it's God Himself. So Emmanuel comes to us, the the presence of God through the incarnation of Jesus as the answer to all our prayer and then and so we can put that same I think that same principle uh, if you want to call it that uh, and and overlay it on the life of Jesus Wayne most of the time what we ask for in prayer we don't need what we really need is the presence of Christ hmm. and that becomes in and of itself uh, he himself has become our answer as the word as the truth of God as the glory of God as all the things that he embodies as the incarnation of God his presence becomes the answer. And so what's practically the last... I interrupted you. You are about to say something. No, no, no. That's and, all right. And so what's practically the last thing he says? What's the wonderful promise? Lo, I'm with yeah. you always. I'm with you. See, I'm with you. That's yeah. that's the deepest desire of the heart of God to be with us. And, that's, and that started with the law. I mean, started... The, the promise of keeping the law, Leviticus twenty six twelve. I'll walk with you. I'll be your God. That's the promise of the mm-hmm. tabernacle and the temple, and all that. It's so glorious to see it come together perfectly, as Colossians says. Everything holds together in perfect unity in His life. It comes together in Jesus. No, what I was going to say, and I'm sure you have other New Testament passages you may want to point us to, but I was just going to ask you. This has changed your uh, living, really. 
And I'm just going to ask you for an example. I mean, uh, an answer to prayer or in a situation that you were facing. Or? Well, right now I'm going through a, um, a, an attack, um, and I ask the listeners out there just to you know, I won't give the details, yeah. but there's a you it's know, serious. Some people making a uh, one person making accusations that are that are very I take very seriously. And I think former uh, in the former time, I would have just prayed for God, fix this, God, yeah. you know, solve this problem. Or fix the accuser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in one and, way or another. And, and I still do pray that God, this, this solution will be resolved. Yeah, and he's God a God will, of justice, of course. Yeah, but what I'm learning to pray is, uh, Lord, be with me in this, you know, uh, be, because, you know, whether, whether it gets fixed or not, what happens, Wayne, if... It, if in the course of this I part company with Jesus, that mm-hmm, would be mm-hmm. a tragedy. Even if I were to win, you know, right. and and or to have all things and not not have Him, it would be such a tragedy. So, what, I think how this has changed my prayer life is that I certainly ask less for provision, and ask more. Lord, just be present with me. Mm-hmm. You know, help me to to be aware of Your presence as I go through the yeah. wilderness. I can't walk down this path alone. I need You to walk this yeah. with me. Yeah, and, and regardless think, of the outcome, You're enough. Yeah, and I think it's it's time for us to stop, in effect, praying that we don't have to go on the path. We don't have to go on the difficult path. Yeah, yeah. I think because God calls is calling a lot of it's us. obvious in many ways. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So And so we turn back and we see Jesus, the one who is with us, the one who promises, you know, um, never will I leave you in Hebrews 13, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Therefore, I can say with confidence, I'll not be afraid. What can man do to me? See, glorious thing, this incarnation. Well, you got to keep coming back to that, yeah. don't you? Yeah, and it's all about the presence. Huh. Yeah. Michael, in a few moments, we're going to have you sing a song for us. And thank you for that teaching, oh, by the way. You. The presence of Christ. And there's more information at our website mm-hmm. and devotionals and so on about this if you'd like to follow up on that, michaelcard.com. Mm-hmm. But coming up in a moment, we're going to ask you to sing a song. And then after that, I mentioned that Don Cole is here. Oh. Now, for those who don't know, radio pastor Don Cole from oh. Moody Broadcasting in Chicago, he's just like this great Bible teacher full of wisdom. Yeah and knowledge of God's Word, and we love him to death. Yeah, and a, an, an older brother who has been a missionary in Angola, so he has this whole range of Christian experience, knowledge of the Word, knowledge of missions, a pastor's heart. He's just a, a, mm-hmm. an amazing man. But joining Don and the two of us in the studio will be Katie, your daughter. Right. And the reason for that is that Katie recently took a trip to Africa. Yeah, she, she uh, just recently got back from Malawi, and, and she's going to uh, tell us how that changed her life, and I'm anxious to see what she has to well, say. Well, the connection is that Don Cole spent much of his life in Africa. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, the, the missionary who spent his life in Africa with the young woman who yeah. has had her first exposure to Africa and fell in love with the place. Yeah. And we'll see what the two of them come up with together here in a few yeah. minutes. I'm looking forward to on that. The program. All right, Michael, sing for us. This is called Live This Mystery. secret of the one who dwells in me that there is truly a presence in the heart that will believe to listen to a silent call the quiet hunger to give it all as the river seeks to be forgotten in the sea so my soul is so thirsty it longs for thee like a moth around the flame drawn to the light and to the pain since my life is hid in thee i must live this mystery Christ can live in you. I hear the silence, it's clamoring. There is only Christ, He is everything. In the language of the soul, it's burning like a coal. There's a voice 
that is saying you can be whole. A life where all is new, of timeless moments waits for you. With a heart alone you see that you must live this mystery. Michael, this is something we hadn't planned for a long time. It just sort of happened. Those are kind of fun moments. Yeah, those are the best moments, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah. Don Cole is with us, radio pastor, longtime radio pastor at Moody Broadcasting. Pastor Cole, welcome back. Thank you. We're going to talk about Africa. And because of the topic, somehow Katie Card found her way into the studio here. Mm-hmm. And you introduced your daughter Katie to us. Yeah, right? this is uh, my daughter Katie. She's a freshman at uh, MTSU. Middle made... Tennessee State University. Yep. And, uh, and she's... She's asking, you know, the Lord if, if missions is, is, is her calling. Uh, she, she's been to Africa and uh, had a great experience there, and she's going to tell us about that. So, hi, Katie. Thanks for coming. Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is not Katie's first time with us because very often she plays the boron here in the studio, an Irish drum company yeah. dad on that. So mm-hmm. I should say welcome back, Katie. Thank you. So, <laughs> Don, let's talk about Africa. That's why Katie's here. She wants to pick your brain about Africa, so... Well, what shall we say? Where will we begin? Yeah. When were you there in Angola? Many years ago, huh? We left this country in 47 and spent a year in Portugal. In 1948, in August, we arrived in Angola. And that was before I was born, Katie, so that was a long time ago. (laughs) And we left in uh, 1966. Mm. We intended to return, but were not able to do so because of the war wasn't our problem. It was theirs. They refused to allow us in. Mm. Then the Civil War started. The Colonial War was going on. But in 1975, independence came, and immediately a civil war that lasted 28 and a half years, Mm. where we would have returned was called Combat Zone. They wouldn't let us in. But in 97, they did. And we've been back repeatedly since then. Katie, you recently were in Africa, right? Yep. For what purpose? Um, I went on a missions trip with Christ Community Church, and I went with a small group back in 2005. Um, And we were, it kind of felt like it was an introduction to Africa and what was going on. Well, when you went, can I ask, did you think this is just kind of a trip, or did you go with the expectation, maybe there's something special here for me? I Well, I've been wanting to go to Africa for years, so I knew that there were a lot of special things that were going to happen. And, um, and at the time I'm still, I still kind of feel like this. Um, but I was getting really sick of American pop culture and I wanted to get away from it. (laughs) That sounds like a card to me, Michael. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so exciting meeting all these kids that were so eager to learn and that, and they were really smart kids too and strong and, and I just, I kind of felt, found these role models in these young kids. So. I'm delighted to hear this. And I think probably you're hooked. <laughs> but if you're willing to take a little advice from an older man, I would tell you to complete your education. Mm-hmm. In other words, go back to school, middle state, is that it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or wherever you're going to go and get your degree. But in the meantime, while you're getting your degree, go back and forth to Africa if you can. And God will give you a work that will stagger you. Mm-hmm. So that uh, as long as you're doing it, you will feel you're doing something that is more than worthwhile for the glory of God and for the help of the African people you met. You found that they were intelligent, you liked them. And you have no patience for people in this country who are forever saying, <laughs> they forever say, when are the Africans going to get their act together? Mm. And a short answer is, as soon as we get ours together. Mm. Yeah. You can tell them that. Yeah. Pastor, you're a big proponent of young people like Katie taking trips like she did? Absolutely. 
I think when you go, you have to go with the proper attitude. That is, I am not going out there for fun. I'm going to have a good time, but that's not my motive. I am not a tourist. I feel God is calling me to check out that country, Malawi, as it happened to be, right? Mm -hmm. And see if there's something he would have me do. Or see if there's something that is being done for which encouragement is needed. In other words, I want to find out what's happening and I want to have the right attitude in order to find that. God will use you. I have a strong feeling about it. Mm. That you're one of the keepers. That you're one of those who's going to go out there and stay. But get your education first. Yeah. You can make up your mind, I'm going to go to Malawi or wherever the Lord will lead me. I'm going to follow the king. However he leads, I'm going to follow. But in the meantime, following him includes education. Yeah. And here's something to remember. Prepared help is better than immediate help. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Prepared help. If you go to the university... Or if you go to a seminary later, or a Bible college, or a missions school, there are schools that exist for that. For example, International Teams near Chicago is a training school. John Gratiot, former head of the missions at Wheaton College, told me it was the best. Hmm. There are others. But get your education, be prepared. Know what you're going to do. Be ready for God to show you things you hadn't anticipated. At the end of your life, you'll be happy. Hmm. The only thing you'll have to say with reference to that, uh, I don't say career choice. It's not a career. It's a cause. It's a cause. This is how Robert uh, Winter describes it. He says, don't think of missionary work as a career Think of the cause, and the cause is the evangel, the gospel. Mm. Advancing the cause of Christ. Advancing the cause of Christ. And if you do that, at the end of a lifetime, like me, you will say, the only regret I have is that I was not a better missionary. I got to ask Dad sitting over here, Michael, for you and Susan to see Katie express this interest. I mean, it's got to create a little bit of stir in your heart, right? I mean... You know, I, other people have asked us that. I think we've asked ourselves that. But I think when she came back, that that's another reason, Don, I think these preliminary trips can be a good thing, uh, even for the parents. Because I think as long as, as we have the certainty as believers that this is her call, um, I mean, it's hard for her to go off to college. It's hard for her to go off, period. <laughs> yeah. but um, I can testify to that. I've sent a daughter off. Yeah, yeah but I, I think, I think uh, her... Um, her, her certainty and, and being able to say, this is what I've, I've been gifted to do and this is, this is what my call is. You know, I, it's going to be difficult, obviously, to send her so far away, but I'm surprised at the lack of, um, I don't have any regrets. I can honestly say. You don't I don't oppose it. Let's put it this well, way. Well, certainly don't, don't oppose, oppose it. it. No, sir. I mean, not remotely. And, and I really don't have any regrets other than I wish I'd been a better father while she was here. Hmm. You know, I wish I'd been a better mission. You know, that we, I think we can all say that, but mm-hmm. um, uh, we just feel like the I feel like the Lord's in it. I don't know what Susan would say if she would be quite so. <laughs> but she feels, I think, much the same way. Don, is it hard for parents? Are they an obstacle sometimes for young people who want to do what God calls them to do? Many times. When I was a younger missionary, a lot of people in the churches thought I was pretty nice to have around unless... They had young people in the family, and then they didn't want me around. Yep. Yep. They, they were afraid that I would recruit their children. <laughs> I wouldn't. I have no intention to do that well, to anybody. What was it Susan said about Larry Warren? Oh, Larry Warren. Would, and, and, and before that, there was another uh, brother. Um, I can't remember his name, but we've had two guys like that in our church. And my wife would say, you know, I really don't like you spending time with Larry because I'm afraid you'll end up in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, Katie ends up in Africa with Larry. Because of Larry, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask that we close off our segment. And we've no doubt have some others listening down who are like Katie, who are sensing maybe the direction of their life is heading in this, this way. 
and for Katie herself. And I just wonder if you would pray for all those that, uh, that they would hear clearly the call. Lord, it's such a joy to us to be able to ask you to speak clearly to people like Katie. We know you speak to them. We ask that they might be listening and willing to respond, willing to see how that they really owe you their lives. But the least that they can do as Christians is to seek the will of God for themselves. And we pray that as many do, they may find themselves led to fill these empty spaces in the foreign field and to serve you there for the glory of God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Katie, thank you. Thank you. Nice to have you back in the studio with us. And Pastor Cole, I know one of your favorite hymns is Come Thou Fount. And uh, I think we could probably twist Michael's arm right now to pick up the banjo and play that for us and sing that. What, what, you, you want to ask him? Maybe he'd do it if you ask him to do it. Please, please, <laughs> any, Michael. Do any, anything for you, Don. Please, please anything. do that. Thanks for being with us, Don. Thou Fount, a great hymn to cap off the first half of our session in the studio with Michael Card. I want to encourage you to get in touch with us. Pass along your comments, prayer requests, and Bible questions to our email address in the studio at michaelcard.com. And if there's a song you'd like to have Michael perform here on the broadcast, then please let us know. Again, that's in the studio at michaelcard.com. Through the web, you can discover more about Michael's music and teaching ministry. Also, you can find out how to access our radio audio archive and program podcast. Just type michaelcard.com. That's michaelcard.com. In the second half today, we're going to hear Michael answer some listener questions, and we'll hear from singer-songwriter Sarah Groves. Stay tuned for more of In the Studio with Michael Card. Coming up next week in the studio with Michael Card, Michael will open the word and teach, and there'll be guest conversations and plenty of music woven throughout the hour that will inspire you to follow Christ in new and deeper ways. The instruments are tuned and the Bible is open, so make sure you join us for this unforgettable session. Look for the post and invite other like minds to hear this program on Apple, Spotify, or Google Play. All the details at michaelcard.com. studio with Michael Card. During the break, Michael just picked up the guitar and started playing. What is that? Blues. <laughs> it's the mood meter here today. Michael feels like playing the blues in the studio. <laughs> That's a great thing about a guitar. You pick up and you feel whatever you play. Yeah. Boy, I wish I could play. Oh, here, I'm, here I'm empty is. handed here in the studio. You well, have all you, these instruments. You're, an it, imp, you're part of the empty hands. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, never more have I felt that. 
All right. Well, Michael, in a few moments, uh, Sarah Groves is going to sing here on the oh, broadcast. Yeah, conversation. Someone who can play. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This conversation you had with Sarah, I slipped out of the country for a few days, and, <laughs> and I was so sad when I, oh, Sarah was here, and I missed it. So. You slipped out of the country yeah. to China. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I spent 60 hours in airplanes and airports in about 10 days. Yeah, so. and that's something. Well, Michael, we have some listener emails I'd like to share with you here in just a moment. They ask Good. questions of you. But before we do that, what's this I hear about you writing for Our Daily Bread down yeah. the line? Yeah, well, you know, I've been uh, hooked up with RBC now for a couple of years doing Day of Discovery programs every now and then. And, and write, I actually wrote for another one of their magazines for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of worked my way up the, <laughs> up the ladder. You passed the test. Yeah, huh? yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, several months before they start coming out. They work pretty far in advance. But, yeah, I'm going to start writing for Our, Our Daily Bread. Well, if you don't get Our Daily Bread, millions do. Yeah. And you can get it right now. RBC.net is the website. For free. That and a lot more yeah. are available to you on the website. Answers to tough questions are on the website. Christian so. courses, all, all kinds of resources yeah. are there. RBC.net and look yeah. for Our Daily Bread, especially when Michael starts writing <laughs> those daily devotionals. All right. Yeah, please. Well, here's the email that was sent in recently to us from Amy in Michigan. She says, I was drawn out of darkness into a personal relationship with Jesus in Mm. 99. At first, I was overcome with the depth of his love. Mm. The honeymoon period lasted about seven years, and I lived in a world of praise and worship at his feet. This past year, though, I've been going through being in the desert, she calls it. I think I'm being tempted by Satan to renounce my faith. I recently went through a hard trial in regards to my witness. I've been experiencing depression and a panic and a fear that I might lose my faith. I sense myself withdrawing from God, not trusting him, being fearful of him. It seems like the truth I once was so confident of has somehow dimmed and become distant. Yep. I'm afraid to let him love me, she says. Yep. All, that all <laughs> sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Amy, that's not a unique experience at all. You're not alone. Um, that's what we call the wilderness. It's a wilderness experience. Uh, and God God establishes us as his sons and daughters in the wilderness. He, um, he teaches us how to worship him because um, the, the key to worship is learning what God is worth. And that's where you learn the worth of God in the wilderness, just like the, the Israelites. When they were hungry, he gave them manna. When they were thirsty, he gave them living water. And uh, Moses says, you know, let my people go so they may worship me in the wilderness. So, you know, Amy, I think that's in, in, a, in sort of a, a, a roundabout way you should give thanks that God is calling you closer to him to learn what he's worth, to learn, you know, that you are... Um, his daughter, and that you're all he needs. And the only place we, we don't learn that in the middle of worship services. Mm. We learn that in the wilderness. Mm. And I wish, you know, I'll tell you from my own experience, and this these things aren't easily said, but um, my own experience is, is that God found me in the wilderness. Mm. And haven't you experienced too, Wayne, the fact that when people first come to faith, there is, she, she mentioned a honeymoon, honeymoon period. Yeah. There really is a period where I think God helps us get on our feet. Right. And it's different for different people. It always is. But then inevitably, when he says, he says, okay, you know, Amy, it's, it's time for you to get on the road with Jesus. It's time for you to, you know, let's, yeah. even as Jesus went into the wilderness, it's time to go in the wilderness. Well, she's experiencing some pain, but it's that very pain that can bring her closer. Yeah. Even though she seems distant right now, it will, it will bring her closer. Absolutely. Won't it? And you know God, you'll know God in a way you could have never possibly known him before. And again, those, those, it, they, they're easily said. But uh, and I think both of you, both you and I, Wayne, can say you know we can amen that because that's been our experience. Yeah. I mean, I've been a Christian for forty years, hmm. and the wilderness is what God uses to to make us more like Him. I'm so thankful she's honest about it. Yeah, and so I, most I just, of us try to hide it, don't we? Yeah. Well, let, let's pray for. Let's Good. pray for. Um, Lord, we we ask that you'd be with Amy right now, uh, and I, I pray that um, you would find her. Lord, you're the Good Shepherd. Pray that you would find her in the wilderness. That you would. Uh, gain uh, glory for yourself through her experience, that you would help her to see that she is your beloved daughter, and uh, be very real in her life and through uh, this time of of desert. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. We have just a minute or so, but here's a quick note. What are your thoughts on Christians getting involved in organizations on political causes, helping the oppressed, such as William Wilberforce did, Mm. thinking of so many problems around the world, sex trade, slavery in the world today? What well, can one person do, Jane, in Arlington Heights, yeah, Illinois, asks? Yeah, yeah. the what can one person do is because it is overwhelming, isn't mm-hmm. it? But uh, 
you know, I don't think it's the right question to say should Christians get involved in political issues. Is is uh, the slave trade throughout the world is that a political <laughs> that's issue? Political. That's a moral that, issue. It's and it's a spiritual issue. Yeah, I mean, that's a pushing, God issue. That's pushing back the you know Satan's you know hold on the world. So, yeah, I think I think we 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 get involved uh, not saying there's a political realm or a secular realm and a, a religious realm, but uh, God's called us to wade into it. And so uh, De- our own pastor, Denny Denson, is mm-hmm. running for alderman right oh, now. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. so he's going he's gonna to wade into that world huh. and, and, and be a, a salt and light uh, in, uh, in, in that part of the— about uh, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. So, um, you know, my, my response is, you know, as God calls you and as God, you know, equips you and opens doors, absolutely, especially for justice and for the poor. Thanks, Jane. Our email address is in the studio at michaelcard.com. Well, Sarah Groves was here at Molin Studio mm. recently, yeah. and you're going to talk with Sarah in a moment. But as she came in that day, the first thing you asked Sarah to do was to sing a song here mm. in the studio. How about that? And she chose this one. You did that for me. Sarah Groves. Don't have to cry anymore. Don't have to worry. Sarah, thanks for uh, investing some time and and letting us pick your brain a little bit on the subject of uh, slavery. Anytime. I I appreciate the invitation to be here. Or did I invite myself? No, you didn't. No, we invited you. (laughs) No. Uh, But it's an interesting situation for me because I've been reading and studying and, and, uh, you know, kind of compiling notes and and, uh, outlines and that sort of thing. But you've really seen it. You've really been... um, in, in the presence of, of modern-day slavery. And so kind of where I'd like to start out is, is asking you, having experienced what you've experienced through people like your friend Elizabeth, uh, who, who was a slave, who was uh, set free, what, what is it like for you now to go back and, and read, you know, I, Paul, a slave of Christ, I, Peter, a slave of Christ, Jesus... Uh, Mother Mary, you know, announcing, behold, the slave of, I'm just the slave of God when she hears that Jesus is going to be born. Do you resonate differently with that now, or what's that like? Yeah, the, the New Testament, um, all, all these things I take, especially Jesus coming right out of the out of the wilderness. I, all these phrases and these things that I've read all my life as figurative, you know, the mm-hmm. oppression being the spiritually oppressed. And that's how we always interpreted that at right. our church. Um, in the Or even in, a slave being a servant. That sort servant, of shift right, in language. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, definitely. Um, Isaiah takes on a whole different meaning. You know, um, Isaiah 53 in mm-hmm. particular, uh, 
Wow. I mean, just completely. Th- this is me. I, I'm, I study God's word. I want his opinion on things. <laughs> um, but then uh, when it really comes down to it, um, is this a Sabbath? Is this what I'm doing? Mm. Uh, am I, did I say that wrong? Mike, is it 58, 53? No, 53. 53. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Suffering um, servant of the Lord. And uh, just, you know, what, you know, he says, this is a Sabbath. I want you to free the oppressed. I want you to. I want you to enter into the world and the hurts of of other people. Mm. And um, I yeah. So yes, the gospel has come to mean a lot of different things to me. But Jesus's words right out of the wilderness are, you know, he quotes Isaiah when he comes out of the wilderness. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to do what? Mm-hmm. To free the prisoner. And I like. One of my favorite things about the Bible that I've always been drawn to is that it speaks on so many levels. It, mm-hmm. It's almost always speaking on a, 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 you know, in a metaphor or in, you know, in a spiritual sense, but then always on a literal level. Right. I, those things are always um, multidimensional. And I didn't realize to what extent that applied to me today uh, until the last couple of years. I've definitely been um, I've been on a steep learning curve about uh, what what it means to be oppressed and what that really looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, t- talk a little bit about your experience with Elizabeth and and uh, and w- what that was like. I know a song came out of that, but a, a whole lot more than yeah. a song came out of that. Yeah, life changing meeting last yeah. year. Um, I've been working with International Justice Mission um, t- and sharing with them for about two years. They've been educating me. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about them is it's, it's not just about building their organization, but they really want to change or inform the church on God's heart for justice. Mm-hmm. You know that that God isn't just speaking figuratively when He talks about these things, and that there are real evil men that really oppress people, mm-hmm. and that that Jesus's heart is with that are with these people. His heart really is with the widow and the orphan and these people that are often, you know, uh, at the hand of the oppressor, that this really happens. And um, I I really hadn't understood that to its full extent until I met Elizabeth. And I, I got to hear Elizabeth in Washington, D.C. and meet her in person. Uh, Elizabeth was from a devout Christian family. She was the oldest of seven children. And um, they uh, she was on summer break from school. She was a sophomore in high school, wanted to go to Bible college. And mm-hmm. so she wanted to get a job. Her family was very poor. Um, she's from Southeast Asia. And she wanted to um, work over the summer. And someone in the community said, you can have a job, get a job. I know of another a job in the city, nearby city. So she went with this woman that she trusted. This woman betrayed her, mm. sold her to a trafficker who mm. then sold her to a brothel owner. Uh, Elizabeth's experience from there is devastating, to say the least. Mm. Um, she tried to resist her oppressors. She tried to, you know, do what she could to resist uh, the inevitable. But um, after a month, they sold her virginity for mm. $600. Um, mm. These men are making a lot of money. This is a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, you said it's 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 uh, it's growing just at an unprecedented rate now. It huh? is, and especially through, through the 90s. Um, you know, slavery has been around for a long time. Right. But... Um, it is definitely run rampant and unchecked, especially human trafficking. It's, the it's industrial, and, isn't it? It I mean, is become an industry. Mm-hmm. It is an industry now. Where in the past that was that was not necessarily the case, and and uh, yeah, but just there's been no good man to stand in the gap for you know or any kind of checks or balances for this. This is just run absolutely rampant. So mm-hmm. now a million women and children experience what Elizabeth was experiencing. Mm-hmm. So she found herself in a brothel, and she would pray, and the girls would mock her. They said, "God cannot hear you in here," and they'd mm-hmm. laugh at her, and she says when she gives her testimony, but I believed. And she prayed every single night that God would save her before a year. She felt like if I live here a year, I will have to take my life. I cannot, Mm. I can't stay here under these circumstances. Wow. So at eight months, uh, eight month anniversary from her captivity, an IJM operative comes and, um, uh, rescues her from the brothel, rescues her and some friends. When they went back in to find her belongings and gather her things in her eight foot by six foot room with a mattress on the floor where she had seen six to 10 men a day, Mm. written on the wall in her own language was Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who Mm. who, Who shall I be afraid? When she was giving her testimony, they said, would you read that psalm as a part of your testimony? And she said, I don't read that psalm anymore. Now I read Psalm 34. I sought the Lord and he heard my cry. And uh, I mean, you talk about the scripture taking on new meaning. Wow. You know, when she writes this scripture. So so yeah, does, does scripture have a different meaning to me? 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I was, we were just talking off mic earlier that prayer is taking on a new meaning. I mean, we're talking about people who pray out of necessity. It's not secondary to their lives. Mm-hmm. We're literally, I, I just came from the IJM uh, global prayer gathering where their, um, their office workers and, and, and uh, directors from all over the world come to report about um, the victories and then their prayer needs. And then we pray. And the whole point is prayer. It's not a fundraiser. It's nothing mm-hmm. else other than prayer. And the, the intensity of the need for prayer, the, the, the man from Cambodia who directs the office there said, I'm sorry my list is so long, but every time I bring a list to the prayer gathering, within the year these things are answered, Happen. and so I need you to pray for this long list. And uh, so here we were literally praying for our enemies, praying for re- the rescue of the oppressed, praying yeah. that God, you know, that God, uh, to a God that's very big and very able. And yeah, yeah no, it's it's radically changed my <laughs> It's my almost Christianity, my faith. It's almost like a full circle back to that little synagogue setting where Jesus makes that pronouncement uh, that you talked about earlier right. about uh, the passage from uh, from Isaiah. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's been energizing, and and that's what I'm trying to communicate. You know, with new music, I'm mm-hmm. trying to say this isn't a political conversation. It's not a, a liberal conversation or social gospel. Mm. Um, this is something, and, and there are lots of different organizations coming at it th- diff- from different angles. Um, we love the work of IJM, but there are a lot of groups that are working uh, on the behalf of these young girls and families. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stories are endless. And the the thing that, that just gets me is the perseverance of the victims. Is there that space in them, their hearts, you know, and... Um, the neat thing is that many of them, as as IJM operates out of the love of Christ, then um, are introduced then to the love of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, in in their in their world. Whether they Elizabeth was a believer herself, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So wow. Elizabeth is twenty now. She's graduated from college and um, is just a light. Mm-hmm. Is an incredible human being. I, uh, I, you know, I feel like I spent. I feel like. For most, I, well, I'm not one to make blanket judgments. For me, I attended church all my life. I groomed and groomed and groomed and groomed my personal faith, mm-hmm. my personal devotional life. Everything that everything that happens in church, I realized, was to that end, mm-hmm. to help me grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was a whole venue for growing in Christ that was not. Uh, really talked about or avail- available to me or you know or I hadn't found it mm-hmm. and in that way I was be- I was being the I was the man who walked around the you know I was not the the good Samaritan mm-hmm. even though I was a good person I felt mm-hmm. clearly and and that when that dawned on me that I was clearly taking the road around you know was walking and and clearing away um then I asked the Lord okay Literally two days before Katrina hit, I said to Troy, the next time my neighbor is hurt and on the side of the road, I want to run, not walk to his side. Mm -hmm. And two days later, Katrina hit. And I said, all right, what now? We're going, get in the bus. I mean, we just, we were compelled so, but IJM started that conversation for me, you Mm -hmm. know, and I know that it's not all about IJM, but, but they've been a great facilitators and gentle teachers because yeah and and you do we need we need people like that who've gone who who are farther down the road and can and can make those connections for us yeah well thanks again i, I was anxious to hear how in, in the, just the way your mind works how you're putting this together and processing this because i know it's been a lot to uh to deal with so th- yeah thanks for articulating it for us thank you and and now sarah's going to play for us a, a song that will tie this whole conversation together a song from her new album called kingdom comes It's a little more. 
the sons and daughters This kingdom's coming It's a little stone, it's a little mortar It's a little seed, it's a little water In the hearts of the sons and daughters This kingdom's coming When fear engulfs your mind Says you protect your own You still extend your hand You open up your home When sorrow floods your life When in your grief and pain You choose again to rise You choose to bless the Sarah Groves in the song Kingdom Comes. Well, we've come to the end of our time together this week in the studio with Michael Card. Send your comments as well as your prayer requests and Bible questions to in the studio at michaelcard.com. We hope that many more of you will let us hear your story and also let us know that you're praying for us as we seek to follow God's direction for this broadcast. Send your email to in the studio at michaelcard.com. Through the web, you can stay connected with all that's going on at michaelcard.com. Now, if you missed any part of today's program, or if you'd like to listen again, we hope you'll take full advantage of our radio archive. And online, you can find out more about how to access the program podcast. Another way to stay connected is through the e-devotional. Information about this helpful reminder and a complete listing of Michael's music and books can be found at michaelcard.com. We are now part of the RBC family of ministries, and we want to encourage you to explore the books and web materials they've made available that will guide you in your walk with Christ. One that has helped millions around the world is the daily devotional, Our Daily Bread. And we hope you'll check out this great resource through the link to rbc at michaelcard.com. Our producer is Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Carr. In the Studio with Michael Card is produced in cooperation with RBC Ministries and the Moody Broadcasting Network.